Hi, everyone. This is Eric Martin from the band Mr. Big, the handsome one that stands right in the middle. That's me. And you're listening to Music Mania Podcast. You are locked and loaded on the Music Mania Podcast. Thank you so much, man. I, I love talking about the things that I love, Clint. And for you to allow me to do it with you, uh, I am the Music Mania Podcaster. We roll tonight to the guitar bite. And for those about to rock, I salute you. You ready for some screaming heavy metal? Scream for me, Brazil! Scream for me, Brazil! We rock! You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest. Featuring hard-hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here's your host, Clint Schweitzer. Ricky, what's up, man? Welcome to the Music Mania Podcast. How the hell are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Clint? Well, I'm doing wonderful. Thanks so much for joining us. This is a first. First time having you on. This is a true pleasure, my man. How's everything been going? Everything is going okay, considering the state of the world address. We're doing okay. Thank you. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I was just thinking about it the other day and uh, this a sobering thought. It's, you know, compared to problems in the world, it's a very small problem. But for me, as, as far as my lifestyle goes, it has been since last February in Vegas, where I saw Aerosmith. That's been my last concert I attended. And that was I just thought about that. I'm like, wow, that's that's been, you know, eight, nine months ago. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, the same. I I, uh, I got back off a tour um, a year ago last week, 2019. I got back from a European tour, and that's the last show I played. You know, in 40 years of of playing concerts since I was 14, this is the longest I've gone without playing a show. And so, well, has has that year? Because obviously, we're going to get into to the new album uh, when life was hard and fast. But has this year been in in a very odd way? beneficial for for your creativity though as far as really being able to delve into this album yeah i think you know once you get over the initial shock of what's going on and what's happening and the fact that it's bigger than bigger than us and we can't control it it's out with our control you know i just adapted i thought okay what am i going to do how am i going to turn this around what are the positives positives i get to stay home my family and my kids you know all the time which is which is rare um and i you know i started writing start reading all those books that I never got to started recording more started doing the online shows just trying to make make the best of the situation we find ourselves in well yeah that that's been key for so many artists and I'm glad you've been able to do that of course thank you uh, the the latest single is fighting heart and it's tremendous it's a th- the whole album's going to be out through nuclear blast and I love that record label and I love the song and the video and I yeah. the, the interesting Thanks. part here is um wh- when you know kind of it you know describing the song about it's kind of a celebration of how music literature art and movies can inspire and motivate us on a daily basis and I really thought long and hard about that as I'm l- listening to the song and it's like that is so so important and, and just kind of shaped I know how how music inspired and, and motivated me throughout my life and how all those things kind of came together in, in music. And that's kind of where it is. It's like, okay, I didn't think about this consciously, but I love like, you know, horror movies and, and, you know, sure. visuals. And so, yeah, I'm a, and I'm also a kiss fan. It just all kind of comes together <laughs> in that way. Maybe that's what you're talking about here. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's where would I be without the arts that have inspired me my whole life? Um, you know, 
poetry, books, music, art, movies, you know, all that stuff has been inspirational to me and it's kept me going when, when times are tough and, and when times are good as well. I mean, it's, I, I just, music is constantly playing in the house. I'm constantly thinking about it. It consumes my whole life, Clint. And uh, I wanted to write something as a celebration of that. It keeps, it keeps me, keeps me strong, keeps me focused and keeps me moving forward. And it's kept me out of trouble. <laughs> yeah. That is, or got, uh... me in, or got me into trouble, whichever way you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it works both ways. Well, absolutely. Right? Uh, well, you've got some just tremendous players on this. Of course, Robbie Crane, the Black Star Riders, great friend of ours. I love Robbie. Uh, Xavier Murrell, uh, Keith Nelson, you got yeah. some who also produced the album, right? So this has been just a tremendous yeah. group of guys. Anyone from Andy Taylor, from Duran Duran, you got uh, Joe Elliott, who is tremendous, good friend of the show. So kind of how did this all come together? And was it, did you record this kind of differently than you've probably done anything else when you've probably got guys, uh, you know, Zoom meetings and sending files on the internet? I mean, is that kind of, how you had to do things, I'm assuming? Uh, not not really. Um, the album was recorded April of last year, so it was, oh. it was done before there was any any idea that the pandemic was coming down, down the pipeline. Um, I, you know, I, I'd known Keith, and I'd never worked with Keith, and we got together initially just to write a song together, not even maybe for me, you know, just, just you know, Keith, Keith's got a great studio, and he writes and he produces. We got together, we wrote a song. That song was Fighting Heart. I said, this is great. This song's perfect for me. Went home, thought about it, called him up and said, look, bro, let's let's you and I do my next solo record. I'm sitting on a bunch of ideas here. I've been waiting to get in and do this record for a while. We've got some time. You and I get on. You're a great producer. You're a great guitar player. You've got a great collection of vintage guitars. <laughs> I swung it. Um, you know, so, um, you know, that was that was it. And the Keith was like, yeah, let's do it. I'm, I'm, really, we went in and we put a band together. We put the band together with, with Xavier. Xbox Cherry and, and, and obviously Robert Crane on bass guitar and myself and Keith on guitars and me singing. And we learned the songs as a band and then we recorded them as a band. So it was very much, you know, old school in the studio, four of us set up looking at each other, putting as much stuff down live as we could. Um, you know, then the guys, once we got the drum, drum tracks and, and Robbie's bass tracks, Keith and I started layering up the guitars and the vocals. It was pretty much done old school. I mean, it was done the way I've been making records pretty much my whole career and then you know obviously the people like the special guests like Andy and Joe Elliott and Luke Morley from Thunder and Dizzy you know then you they can't always come to the studio so then you send them files to their and they'll do the stuff and send it back to you well so yeah it comes out February 19th the entire album does yes, uh, be a nuclear blast. I'm so excited about this. Uh, the album's uh, When Life Was Hard and Thank Fast. You. But if you go to the website, if you go to amusicglue.com slash Ricky dash Warwick, got to get that right. Um, you can also order the uh, a two CD digipack, which has the stairwell, the uh, stairwell troubadour track list, which but this looks just tremendous. And I can't wait to hear this because you've got covers <laughs> from uh, Dead or Alive. And I love that song. You spin me right around. You've <laughs> got you. Britney Spears. You've got Iron Maiden. It's all there. How and how, how did you pick these songs and how did you kind of put that part together? Because I cannot wait to hear all that. Thank you. No, the fan, the fans picked them. Um, I, I did a thing huh. for my last solo record a, a few years ago. Uh, I did part of what was called, you know, the Kickstarter campaign. And um, I, I would do a thing sort of once every couple of weeks where I'd play an acoustic cover from, from the stairwell in my house. And this started going down real well with, with everybody. And uh, one of my managers said, look, you know, you, just, you should be recording these people or people are really digging this. 
So we went in, recorded the album. It was only ever made available limited edition to to the people that, that, that you know pledged on the Kickstarter campaign um, up until now. And then when we did finish, when life was hard and fast, the record label always asked for bonus material mm-hmm. um, every every time. And my manager said, "You got this stairwell cover album. Let's let's give them that." And I was like, "Okay." So uh, there you go. Well, and then like I, said- I mean, I mean <laughs> the diverse. I mean, Britney Spears is. Yeah, and I did it for a joke, and and. I would play it live when I was doing some solo shows and it started going down real well. You know, I mean, believe me, you haven't lived until you've seen, um, you know, 500 bikers sing that in a club in Nottingham in England, <laughs> sing along, sing, sing along, Dips, I did it again. Um, you know, and it's just, you know, obviously tongue in cheek and then obviously bands that influenced me like Iron Maiden um, is on there. I mean, I've done, um, you know, I love the band, the Bottle Rockets. I've done one of their songs as well. Um, so just a wide variety of influences, Clint. Oh, I love, I, I can't, uh, Wrath Child is uh, a top five Iron Maiden song for me. Yeah, I can't man. wait to hear that. What, do, so did you, I mean, let's look at, I mean, you're, you're a young guy by comparison, man. So when coming up, we're, uh, the Paul Diano stuff, was that, did you get into Iron Maiden in the, in the early eighties when Deanna was still there? Or did you kind of discover yeah, I mean, number the, of the beast? The first two, the first two albums are very special to me. Cause mm-hmm. I just, I, I was very into sort of, I was more into punk with one foot in the hard rock camp. Like I, you know, as much as I love the clash and the pistols and, and, and the damned, I love obviously Thin Lizzy, Motorhead and ACDC and Iron Maiden and those first two Iron Maiden albums, you know, Dano had such an edge and such a, such a, an aggressiveness to his whole character and his voice, but like priest, the early priest stuff. I just loved that, you know, because I, to me, that was almost punk rock and I just dug it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Bruce is incredible and, and everything that they've done, you know, Sort of, you know, number of the beast, fear of the dark, and all that. Those are all killer albums. Um, you know, and I, I, luckily enough, in my career, I got to, I got uh, the band I was in, the Almighty. We got to tour with Iron Maiden quite a bit all over the world, and I got to know those guys real well. And uh, they're just great. You know, they're just a great band. They're an institution. There's nobody like Iron Maiden. Amen. Oh. You know. Amen. Yeah. And indeed, I, I, your band, the Fighting Hearts, uh, this this spring, are uh, scheduled to hit the road uh, in a tour of the UK. What what is your management kind of telling you? Is this kind of a, a full bore going, or is this something that wait and see here? I mean, I know that it, it's hard to make any predictions, but I mean, uh, it, that's it. You know, we had to take the plunge. It was either you know, it was either you know, let's try and be positive and do something, or or wait, or maybe wait till it was too late. I mean, so we booked the dates about five months ago. They start end of April through May. It's you know, it's looking possible. You know, um, with the vaccines coming out. Um, UK seems to be have a bit of a better grip on on the pandemic thing, sadly, than we do here in the states at the minute. I mean, I just don't know. I mean, when I mean, it's safe for us and it's safe, obviously, safe for everybody to be at a show, we'll be there. And if they don't happen, you know what? We'll just move them. It's no big deal. We'll move them back until it is safe. You know. Well, but it's as simple as that. You know? Definitely hope it happens. Uh, the dates are scheduled right now from late April until uh, until late May. So there's kind of a month yeah. there that looks and, and just. Hope and pray that uh, this happens. That we can also get this to the states at some point would be it. What's what's going on? What kind of as you look into twenty twenty one? I guess this is a question I like to ask people. Now it's kind of seems almost uh, kind of a smart ass question to ask. Kind of what you're as we near the end of this year. Kind of this the album comes out in February. You have the tour planned in the spring. Kind of what's uh, on the agenda for the rest of twenty twenty one? Do you have any thing of Black Star Writers? Anything coming up? And it's almost been a couple years since the, the last album came out. There, what's going on with Black Star? Sure, Writers? Well, the Black Star Writers thing was unfortunate victim to the pandemic. You know, mm-hmm. we put the album out another steady grace September of last year. We hit the road hard in Europe for seven weeks. Came off the road, 
this year we were due to be playing everywhere in the States, South America, you know, back to Europe again, all the festivals, obviously that got completely um, canceled because of the pandemic. And so sadly, we just sort of had to lick our wounds and we've written the next Black Star Writers album. It's done. It's ready. We were supposed to be in the studio actually now recording it. But again, you know, people can't fly because of the pandemic and stuff. Mm -hmm. So we're on hold and we've just sort of put the band on hold for, for a bit. Um, I had always planned to put out the solo record next year and concentrate on that. And that's what I'm going to do. Um, you know, planning US dates, planning European festivals with the solo band. And then hopefully early 2022, we'll get in and record that Black Star Writers record. Has it been difficult for you, um, I mean, as a band when you, and because, I mean, Damon Johnson, great friend of ours, uh, we just had him on sure. talking about his new solo stuff. Jimmy DeGrasso, amazing drummer. Has it been tough for you guys here in the last three years, kind of having to shift, uh, you know, with the band members kind of coming and going? Has that been a, a difficulty at all? <laughs> yeah, man, it's always inconvenient, you know, when, when people leave. And, and all those guys left and they all had valid reasons for leaving. You know, nobody was kicked out. Nobody was fired. Um, I think the biggest shock to, to most people probably would have been Damon leaving because him and I, you know, obviously did the bulk of the songwriting for Black Star Writers. Um, it wasn't to me because I, 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 knowing Damon so well and him being such a, a good friend to me, I could tell it was coming down the pipeline. So when he told me he was leaving, um, I wasn't totally shocked, um, but I totally respected his reasons for doing it. And, you know, he's still... You know, one of, one of my, my dearest friends. Um, but Blackstar Writers, we feel, is bigger than the sum of its parts. And, you know, we, we, we want to keep going because we feel we're relative and we've got something to say. And we enjoy writing and we enjoy touring. And, and you know, why should we stop just because somebody leaves? You know, that's, that's the way I look at it. Uh, it's the entity itself. You're right. It's so big and it's so important. And I'm, uh, you guys have had such critical praise since, uh, since forming. And I, and I, I'm so glad that, uh, that, that continues on because as we've learned, man, it's just <laughs> the last five years, uh, really uh, you look at it and this is yeah. the sober thought is your heroes don't live forever, man. I was, I was at yep. the rainbow in, in uh, Hollywood uh, the next, the day after Lemmy died in, in 15. And that's kind of what started it. And I'm like, and then it's you, David Bowie and all these sure. years, this kiss so Tom right. Petty. Clint, you know, our generation, you know, you and I are probably roughly the same age. We are the first generation where our rock and rollers are, are going to die of old age and are dying of old age. Yeah. This, that's never happened before because rock and roll basically started in the early 50s. So you get obviously people obviously dying before their time, sadly, but you get now you're getting people again in the 70s and the 80s. And, and, and this has never happened. And, you know, People used to laugh in the sort of late 70s and 80s when, you know, if you're 40 or past it, you're done. You, you can't be in a band anymore. And, th and, th and then suddenly everybody's past 40 and still are making probably a lot of guys and girls making better music than they did when they were in their 20s. You know what I mean? Like the old blues guys, the old blues guys, you know, these, those guys didn't reach the sort of maturity until they were in their 50s and 60s and beyond. We're, we're, we're in that cycle now. And um, one thing this year's told me that life is really, really short. And, you know, guys in their bands in their 40s and 50s have kids and they've other things going on. It's hard being in a band. It's hard being in a band in later life when you've got, you know, mortgage and kids. And, and you know, that's why people go, well, you know, people leave Blackstar right away. Leave. I'm like, you know, it's tough being in a band. It's tough being away for eight months, you know, and it's tough being a part of that democracy. And maybe you don't want to tour when the other four guys want to tour. But, you know, all that stuff taken into consideration and just the clock ticking. Um, you know, people should be out there making the music and enjoying the music and being productive and playing live as much as they can because you know what the clock's ticking this is it, it is and you know that's a good 
point to bring up because the, the, the saying I always heard growing up was that rock is a, is a young man's game. I'm 36. So to yeah. me, my, my, the first time I saw kiss was on the reunion tour. Okay. It's the first time right, right. I see yeah. bands like black star writers. I, you know, I, I wasn't alive when Phil Lynott was, was singer for thin Lizzy. Sure. That this is, sure. you got, you guys are the, my indoctrination to thin Lizzy and that material. So do you, that's great. When you see ACDC, you know, Brian Johnson gets back in there and, and he's, you know, 72 or whatever. And they release now Alice Cooper and Ozzy. Is, do you celebrate the fact that they are still able to do that? Is that kind of work because the music yeah, is so big and important? Absolutely. Because it's, it's, it defines you. It's not a job. It's, it's who you are and it's what you are and it's your vocation. And, and it's not like, you know, I'm just going to work to 65 and then, and I'm going to retire. Well, you retire from doing what, from doing what you love. I, you know, what's, I don't get that, you know, so I'll keep doing it until I physically can't, you know, I mean, I, I, I love it. I love it's who I am as a person. You take that away from me. You're taking a huge part of, of, of what I think Ricky Warwick is. And I wouldn't be the same person without it. So, I, I mean, as long as I'm fit and healthy, I'll keep making music. And I'm more part of all the guys that are out there in their seventies and beyond that are still touring and playing and writing and you know as you get older you get a you get a wealth of knowledge and like i said i think a lot of these artists are putting out some really really cool stuff in their in their latter years absolutely the case uh well we want everybody to make sure they go uh, check out uh the video for uh fighting heart the new album when life was hard and fast is uh, set to be released february 19th um go or pre-order it at musicglue.com slash ricky dash warwick ricky before we let you go man we got to hit you with our our final four drum roll which is uh four quick questions and you kind of give us whatever comes Let's to mind it. all right all right what show or shows did you find yourself uh kind of binge watching over the last year that you've been off the road um i just watched finished watching wayne on amazon prime i thought that was amazing um uh, I just watched the new, I just watched the Beastie Boys documentary, ah. which was fantastic as well. Awesome. I got to check that one out. I got, that's on my list. Really good. Um, really good. If uh, I know you were kind of on the road a lot, kind of last year, but do you remember what the last show you attended as a fan was before things went crazy? Oh man. You know, I don't, cause I think it might, it might even be been before last Christmas. Oh, I do. You know what it was? I remember it was um, in Los Angeles and it was uh, Bajas. Ah, awesome. That's there awesome. There you go. Last December. There, there, there oh, go. that's a year, man. That's insane. That's it's a uh... year. That's the last show I was at. I went with my wife. We're big Bajas fan. And, you know, they, they, they reformed original lineup and it was an amazing show. Oh, oh, that's awesome. That's a good one to look back on if you had to have a, what, that be your last one a year ago. Uh, what yep. uh, is the first uh, album that you remember buying with your own money or that you stole either one? <laughs> first album I bought was inflammable material by a band from my own country Northern Ireland called Stiff Little Fingers oh that's wow Did you get, yeah. have a nice little record store down there that you that you went and got that saved we, we, up we for did. a couple of weeks uh, absolutely yeah you know it was a bus <laughs> it was a bus ride into town and you know uh, it was Smith's on the high street in a town called Newton Arts. I remember it well I wasted many a Saturday afternoon in that place and uh, they were good memories so I know it's hard. This is a kind of a tough question because it's, you know, it's your album. It's your baby. You've been working on this. You re recorded it some time ago and you're just now seeing it kind of come to fruition. But do you have a, a song from the new album that, that sticks out? One that you've enjoyed playing the most? One that right now is kind of the one that your your go-to song is on this new album? You know, I did it. There's a track on the album called Time Don't Seem to Matter. And I get to duet with my daughter. 
on that track. Wow. And it's the first time that's ever happened. And that was obviously a real proud dad moment for me and, and something that's very, very special. So, um, you know, that track forever will be, uh, be a standout song for me. That is awesome. I love that. Uh, Ricky, thank cannot you. thank you enough for joining us, my man. Oh, man, Best thank you. Oh, it's, thank it's you so much. True pleasure. We'll hope to see you out there. We're going to get this thing going and we're going to get back to normal. And we'll, uh, we'll come out and see you guys somewhere out there in the stratosphere, somewhere in the next Definitely. couple of years. It's on, man. Thank you so much. Go, cool, bro. Thank you. Be safe. You, bet. you too.